I'm Meg Dahl, your unbreakable host. Welcome to the show. And welcome back to a brand new episode of the Unbreakable You podcast. It's just me again this week. So last week we had our monthly mental health check-in episode, which I love recording for you. And I always get great feedback on those episodes and I just get tons of DMs and messages telling me how much you love those solo podcast episodes specifically dedicated to mental health. So that makes me feel all warm and fuzzy and grateful inside. So thank you to all of you who message me about the podcast and shower me with your loving words. I really appreciate all of you so much. My love language is words of affirmation. So when I started to receive positive feedback about those monthly mental health check-in episodes, it just meant the world to me. So thank you so much. But I bring that up because usually I tend to have guests on the show every other episode other than my monthly mental health check-in episode, which is released on the first Wednesday of each month. So full transparency, I did not plan up until two hours ago exactly (laughs) that today would be a solo podcast episode. So this is kind of spontaneous and kind of not. So today's episode was actually going to be one of my very close friends. She was going to come on and talk about her experience through med school with autism. She is an incredible human. I just love her so much. And she's actually in the process and like her mission is to just raise awareness for individuals who have things like autism and ADHD and just what it's like going through med school with those diagnosis or similar diagnosis and just how she found med school to be for her and just some of the ways that she's advocating for more support and more awareness with that sort of thing. So anyways, I was super pumped (laughs) to have her on the show with me. She recently just wrapped up med school. So obviously her life has been absolutely chaotic over the past few years. And so her and I haven't had a proper like sit down, catch up chat in a really long time. And she's just one of those friends of mine that we truly have been friends for years. And anyways, (laughs) we scheduled a podcast recording for this afternoon and we got to talking and one thing led to another and we just completely ran out of time and didn't record anything, which is totally fine because 
I was actually planning to record this podcast episode, so this solo episode for next week, but now you're getting it just one week earlier, and I am sure my Instagram friend who sent in the request for this podcast topic, I'm sure she will be pleasantly surprised when she sees that I am answering her question. So, wow, this was back in May the end of May. So I'm not too, um, I haven't made her wait too long, but I received a podcast topic suggestion and I always really get excited when you message me on Instagram or shoot me an email about a topic that you would like me to talk about. So that just means a lot to me. So thank you, Instagram friend. I am keeping you anonymous, so I'm not going to share your name, but thank you. So she sent this in to me, like I said, at the end of May, and I'm really excited to answer her question now for you and talk about it for the whole episode. So here we go. This is the message that I received from her back in May. I wanted to ask you if you could do a podcast episode on your opinion on the pro-metabolic approach. I'm diving into it since a few weeks and feel really intuitive to me. However, I also feel the scene around it can be quite rigid, meaning it's easy to start fearing PUFAs, aka polyunsaturated fatty acids, etc., If you follow those people for a while, which is obviously an ideal. So basically, to sum it up, she is asking my opinion on the pro-metabolic approach, which is a way of eating that I would say is just becoming more and more... I don't, I don't want to say it's trendy. I don't believe that it is a trend, but it is becoming more and more popular. And I can also share kind of my experience with learning about pro-metabolic and how it entered my life and things like that. So I will get to that. So she's wanting my opinion on it. And then also shares that, you know, she feels that this way of eating comes really intuitive for her. However, she also feels like the pro-metabolic community, it is really easy for like if you're following people on Instagram who are talking about pro-metabolic and teaching and educating on the pro-metabolic way of eating, she feels as though it's really easy to start fearing certain types of foods that aren't technically pro-metabolic or, you know, the people in the pro-metabolic space kind of um, don't eat and stay away from. So let's dive into that. Okay, so I had no idea what pro-metabolic was like I know what pro-metabolic means it means to eat in a way that is supportive or not even eat in a way but live in a way that is supportive to your cells and your metabolism so 
providing yourselves with the food and nutrients, but also living in a way that supports like honestly just metabolism, but truly like overall optimal function of your body, which I mean, I think like if we were to find a way to nourish our bodies, it should have that intent behind it, right? Like when we are, there's so many diets out there, you guys, right? And so there's so many ways of eating, but I think whenever we are trying to learn about food and find a way to eat that works for us, it should always be rooted in (laughs) self-love. There should always be that self-love root to it all. And if you've followed me for any amount of time, you know that every single thing that I do on this earth is always rooted in self-love. But Also, I think when we are approaching nourishing ourselves and caring for ourselves, there should be this element of however we are learning to nourish ourselves. It's like coming back to, okay, is this supporting my body in functioning optimally? Like, does this actually support my health, right? And I think that's really where the pro-metabolic way of eating and living really gets it right. But before I dive into that, I did just want to like clarify if you are hearing about pro-metabolic for the very first time on this episode, that's very, very in summary what that means. So I, for years, had been seeing people eat like, or drink, I guess, drink these things called adrenal cocktails. (laughs) And again, if you've been following me for the past year, you've been seeing me probably post a few adrenal cocktails here and there. If you're familiar with the Enneagram, I'm an Enneagram type four. So it really, um, I have these like very strong, I feel a very strong resistance to anything that like people, it seems like people are jumping like on a bandwagon for. So, you know, if someone's watching a show or if everyone's reading this certain book or wearing this certain type of clothes, like I will be the last person to ever do that. And the only reason I'm going to do the thing is because it feels really, really right for me. But If you're an Enneagram type four listening to this, you will absolutely know what I'm talking about. If you're not an Enneagram type four, and if you have no idea even what the Enneagram is, I really do recommend you go back to my Enneagram episodes, but stay with me here. So for a few years prior to summer of 2021, I had been seeing people post about these adrenal cocktails of sorts like it looked like a creamy orange juice we'll say and I just kept seeing people post about these and again being the Enneagram type 4 I am I just thought okay this is a trend people are like making these fancy cocktails to support their adrenals I get it I'm you know, that person that I'm not going to jump on this trend and follow and do what everyone else is doing. So I just kind of watched my friends do it. 
and I really didn't like look into anything or where these adrenal cocktails were really coming from, (laughs) that sort of thing. And then last summer, I remember I was sick with COVID and all I wanted to eat when I was sick was fruit. Like that's all I wanted to eat. And so I did. I was eating massive amounts of fruit while I was sick with COVID and like my taste was completely gone. My smell was completely gone. And I felt like the more citrus fruits I ate, my taste was starting to come back. And that was really exciting to me. But just in general, like my body just was craving fruit. I honestly think it was just craving all of the nutrition that fruit has to offer us. And I wanted nothing to do with vegetables. And it just, it was so interesting to me what my body was asking for. And I obviously honored everything that my body was asking for. And it's just so interesting to me that like during that time, while I was just following my body's cravings and what it was telling me it needed, (laughs) then I stumbled across, I truly don't even know. I think, you know, our phones are always listening to us or something like that. And something came up about one of the individuals in the pro-metabolic space, her Instagram account. And so sure enough, I stumbled across her Instagram account and, you know, I see like, oh, the adrenal cocktails. Okay. This makes sense. So in the pro-metabolic community, like adrenal cocktails since they are supporting the adrenals they're really easy to digest they're packed with vitamins and minerals that we need because it's a combination of orange juice I like putting like a combo of orange juice and coconut water but essentially at the end of the day like the adrenal cocktail is to support the adrenals and provide your body with like the vitamins and minerals and electrolytes that your adrenals need and it's just really supportive for your health and also your metabolism so anyways I stumbled across this girl's Facebook or her Instagram account and I started reading through and things just started kind of like clicking I was like oh well this is really interesting because my body was craving so much fruit and like I said I was honoring that and just eating loads of fruit and I was just coming across a lot of information that I was just like yeah this makes a lot of sense and like my Instagram follower here who sent in this topic request she just also said that she's been diving into the pro-metabolic approach and it feels really intuitive for her. And what was really interesting to me is like, basically it's, as I said, nourishing your body and living in a way, and I'll get to that part, like what I mean by living in a way, but 
everything also felt very intuitive to me, but it was also very much what I had been doing in order to get my period back and have healthy, thriving hormones, have regular ovulation every single month. And also so much of it was what I grew up eating to begin with. For an example, I grew up eating liver. My parents love liver. So I grew up eating beef liver and I loved it. Like I grew up eating beef liver pate and they would also pan fry or saute beef liver for dinner. So I was already eating a lot of foods that are quote unquote like considered pro-metabolic type thing or just nutrient dense and supportive for our health. So I was eating, I had been eating those foods for my entire life. Liver and oysters is another big one. There is so much nutrition packed into a single oyster. And that's something else you'll see in the pro-metabolic community kind of recommending that you eat oysters like once a week at least because they're such an incredible source of zinc among so many other vitamins and minerals. And I also grew up eating oysters and I still eat them very regularly, like weekly to this day. And so those are just like some examples that I was like, oh, this is so funny because this is literally how I eat. But I had made changes over the years, like prior to getting my period back. So this is like pre 2019, because in 2018, I started my HA recovery journey So 2017 and on like backwards later, earlier, (laughs) you guys know what I'm saying. Previous to 2018 and starting my HA recovery journey, when I would load up my plate, I would fill it with vegetables. Like I kid you not, three quarters of my plate would be full with roasted Brussels sprouts And then I'd have obviously protein and maybe some carbs, maybe. Remember, this is pre-getting my period back, pre-HA recovery. Then I had a lot of unlearning to do and rewiring to do and healing to do when I was going through my HA recovery journey. And this was all throughout the last part of 2018 and the beginnings of 2019, the first half of 2019, I totally restructured how I built a plate, very heavy emphasis on making sure I was providing my body with enough carbohydrates and balancing that with protein and also eating every like two to three hours And just truly learning how to nourish my body in a way that supported my hormones. And not once during this time did I ever hear of pro-metabolic. 
So I guess that's kind of brings me to my answer to her question about like, what's my opinion on the pro-metabolic way of eating or the pro-metabolic approach? And I mean, like, I, I think it's, it makes a lot of sense. It really does. Like I said, if we are nourishing our bodies in a way that supports our health and truly makes sense and, you know, it is very whole foods based. And so that's important. We know, we know that that makes sense, but things that completely cut out food groups and macronutrients, I mean, this is just an extreme example, but the keto diet, right? When, when I had a parasite, I could not tolerate carbohydrates. I remember one evening I ate a small, small piece of sweet potato and I was on the floor in so much pain. My stomach hurt so bad. And for years I followed an extremely low carb, high fat diet and it was not good for my hormones. And so when we can eat in a way that is supportive for our health, I am all for it. I love being like a nutrient seeker. I really, really do. I love, you know, being mindful of, hey, like if you're not eating liver once a week or if you're not eating oysters once a week or hey, like if you're never eating eggs, eggs are one of the most nutrient dense foods in the world. So let's start to include eggs regularly, if not daily, if possible. I eat eggs daily, by the way. I love them. But I guess when I stumbled across pro-metabolic, I just didn't really realize this way of eating needed a label. And so that brings me to my opinion. It's like, why do we need to label the way we eat? So if you look at the way that I nourish my body and the way someone who is in the pro-metabolic space, who like actually teaches how to eat pro-metabolically, like if you were to look at how I nourish my body and how they nourish their body, it would probably be fairly similar. Of course, it's never going to be the same, but there's going to be a lot of similarities. We're probably both eating every few hours. We're probably both starting our days with a well-balanced breakfast and continuing to nourish our bodies with well-balanced meals and snacks throughout the day every few hours and really focusing on just like easy to digest foods and nutrient dense foods, that sort of thing. But what I have been so careful about, even in my days of struggling with a parasite and eating low carb, high fat, I have always, always, always been so careful to not label the way I'm eating because that's really where I think things get really slippery and really tricky and can really mess a person up when 
eating disorders and disordered eating are so prevalent in our world today. So like I said, I I would honestly say I was eating very pro-metabolically like before I even realized what pro-metabolic was, like before I even realized that, oh wow, people are actually like talking about this as a certain type of way of eating and I'm really refraining from using the word diet here because anyone in the pro-metabolic space is going to tell you it's not a diet it's a lifestyle I follow tons of people on Instagram who are within that pro-metabolic community and I love them I really do I love their accounts I love their content I love what they talk about But I've also heard them say that it's not a diet, it's a lifestyle. Okay, but I really think that when we put a label on something, it's really hard for our minds to not think of it as like this rigid thing. Okay, so that really like gets me to kind of the next part of her question to me or her message to me so she said like it feels really intuitive to her so she had come across it a couple weeks ago and it was feeling really intuitive to her so my questions for her and also for you if you're listening to this right now you've stumbled across the pro-metabolic way of life and when you came across it if it felt really intuitive to you, I want you to journal this down and write about it. Like what felt intuitive to you about it? Okay, just sit with that for a minute. What about the pro-metabolic approach felt intuitive to you? And then on the flip side, was there anything about it that didn't feel intuitive to you? And I think that's something that we really have to sit with and something that we just really have to consider and get curious about. So something's coming to mind right now. So if something in the pro-metabolic community and even something that I (laughs) recommend to my clients is to eat within the first 30 to 60 minutes of waking up. I do this myself. It was one of the practices that I did in order to get my period back. And if you're in my HA recovery course, Flowing in Free, or if you are a private coaching client of mine working with me to get your period back, this is something that we do. We make sure we're eating breakfast within the first 30 to 60 minutes of waking up. Like I said, I do this myself. So if this is something that is on your doesn't feel intuitive to you list, this is where I would be like, okay, why doesn't this feel intuitive to you, right? Like, is it just because you haven't been nourishing your body first thing in the morning for the majority of your life? Is it because we have received certain messages throughout our life that fasting is better. Whatever it is, 
just get curious of, okay, why would that be not intuitive to me? So really look at that doesn't feel intuitive to you list and get curious about it because this is where we can really not make it a diet and really cater it to how we want to nourish ourselves and just like make it the Meg way of eating or make it the Jackie way of eating or the Amanda way of eating because at the end of the day like that's like you want the way you're nourishing your body to be as intuitive as possible and then also it's not just that that list that I had you make like what feels intuitive what doesn't feel intuitive it's not just about like doing whatever you want like taking what you want and completely always following your own or your old ways of doing things right because maybe nourishing your body first thing in the morning didn't feel intuitive to you but maybe if we open our minds we can learn why this is actually supportive for our health right and how it can actually benefit our health like I said this was a huge practice for me throughout my HA recovery journey, I would wake up and like prior to HA recovery, I would wake up and go hours without eating. Like it was so not good. It was not good. I still truly cannot believe I did that to myself, but I was trying to eat intuitively. (gasps) Oh my gosh. And so that's really where I came up with intentional eating And I feel like my approach to intentional eating really overlaps with pro-metabolic. But again, it's the labels that we really need to watch out for. So that was kind of one thing that I had written down, getting curious what feels intuitive to you, why, and what doesn't feel intuitive to you, why, can we poke holes in that, is there some meaning behind that, is this significant, is this something that we can learn from, that sort of thing. And then the message that I received from this Instagram follower is, however, I also do feel the scene around it can be quite rigid, meaning it's easy to fear certain foods. And she mentions the food. If you follow those people for a while and she recognizes that developing fears around certain foods is not ideal. And I applaud her for that. So I love that she knew that I was a safe place to come to and express like, hey, I feel like maybe I am fearing some foods or I can see this potentially happening and feeling a bit rigid about things. And, you know, she knows that that's not an ideal situation. So this is what I have to say, like if your way of eating, if any way of eating that you're following, whether that's pro-metabolic, paleo, whole 30, keto, vegetarian, vegan, gluten-free, sugar-free, whatever, whatever. I'm sure there's so many more, but like I said, for my entire life, I have never labeled how I ate. I, I just really think that's not a good idea. (laughs) 
So if the way you are eating causes you to develop certain fears around food, that is not supportive. All right. That is my thoughts. So going back to her first question, my opinion on the pro metabolic approach, I think eating in a way to support your health is absolutely genius. I mean, isn't that what we should be doing? But if we are following a way of eating that starts to cause us to have certain fears around foods, that is not okay. That is entering disordered eating territory. That's entering eating disorder territory like orthorexia. And we do not want to be dealing with a demon like that. I have spent way too many years of my life battling those things, overcoming them, recovering from them, and it's not worth it, ladies. So if you have this awareness that, huh, okay, ever since I've started following these people online or ever since I started to eat this certain way, I've actually also started to fear these certain foods or I've started to become rigid in a certain way, that's like a reality check. That is a wake-up call. That is something that we need to open our eyes to and realize that we need some adjusting there. And one of the best ways to do that, honestly, like, okay, so she mentioned poofas in her message to me. Like she may start fearing, like she may feel as though that there's this fear around poofas because in the pro-metabolic community, they're talking about not eating poofas. And I mean, I know I've been a holistic nutritionist since 2014. So I know tons of nutritionists in this space and even nutritionists not in the pro-metabolic community will be talking about this certain type of fatty acid. Like it's just a basically like the fat, like the PUFAs are polyunsaturated fatty acids, right? So they're types of fats that oxidize easily, right? And no, we don't want like if we're coming from a health first approach like if we have our health in mind right we're not going to be cooking with things like canola oil all the time right like I said everything that I do comes from a place of self-love okay and then when I also approach my eating it's like hey like what is going to be supportive to my health because like I said I spent an entire year in HA recovery working to get my period back. So you bet your bottom that I had my health in mind while I was nourishing my body that entire time. But we don't have to be crazy, obsessed, and neurotic about it. Like whole foods, for an example. We don't have whole foods where I live. I live in a really small city in Saskatchewan, middle of Canada. We don't have a Whole Foods. So I really never go to Whole Foods, but you bet I go to Whole Foods hot bar when I go traveling and see my friends in the States. Guess what? They don't 
<laughs> use like butter and coconut oil, which are saturated fats. And, you know, if we're specifically talking about the pro-metabolic approach on this podcast episode, butter and coconut oil, saturated fats like that fall into that pro-metabolic like food choices. You know, it's the ones that we would um, kind of prioritize. That's the word I'm looking for. Whereas things like canola oil, they're the ones that we wouldn't prioritize. We're not always going to be reaching for the canola oil to cook our eggs and pan sear our salmon or whatever you're doing, okay? So, but my example, going back to that, is Whole Foods Hot Bar brings me so much joy. The food is so delicious So you can bet I'm going to eat food from the Whole Foods hot bar. There has not been a single day in my life or a single trip in my life when I've gone to the States and haven't had that. I always get it because there's no room for rules when it comes to the way that I nourish my body. And we can't completely avoid them anyways and so you know I don't know at the end of the day for me it's truly like you know when there's a fear around food creeping up for you and you know what a healthy free flowing relationship with food feels like for you I know what that feels like for me and for me that looks like not cooking with certain oils at home because I just choose not to. My favorite oils to cook with, like, I mean, I pretty much use butter for everything because butter is just the best. I need a t-shirt. Butter is the best. Would you guys buy that? (laughs) Butter is best. I love that. Um, Anyways, I'm typically always using butter, but like that does not mean that I'm not going out to restaurants and having foods cooked with canola oil because that's typically what they use. The red flags are when a certain way of eating prevents you from actually living your life, when it actually impacts the way that you live. I was actually talking, wow, this conversation is coming full circle now. So at the beginning of this episode, I briefly mentioned my friend who has autism and she recently completed med school and she's starting her residency. We were talking about her getting diagnosed with autism and she shared something with me that I thought was really, really interesting. So obviously there's all these symptoms that can be connected to someone who has autism, right? A bunch of different symptoms and signs, things like that. A person can literally have all of them, but if it is not, if those symptoms and signs and things that they do, if they are not like impacting their life, they actually like can't get a diagnosis. This is what she just told me. And so kind of going back to our conversation about food, 
is we need to consider how these behaviors and like these choices of eating the way that we're nourishing ourselves like are they impacting our life are you still able to go out with your friends and have a meal out if not that is where we need to kind of press the brake on things and reevaluate how we are doing things and completely honest this is not always something you're going to be able to do alone which is why I do what I do and it's really interesting that I received this request to do a podcast episode on this very topic because just last week I started working with a new client and she also eats in alignment. We'll use that word. She eats in alignment with what would be considered prometabolic. She came to me because she started to fear certain foods. She also feels very rigid around certain foods, as in she can only eat X amount of some foods, X amount of other foods, and certain portions and things like that. So I am supporting her through her journey. So this is this is the work that I am here to do to help support you with. So whether you're eating in alignment with pro-metabolic or not, no matter how you're eating, where you are, but if you are feeling like you are unable to live the way that you want to live and the way that like you're eating actually impacts your life in a negative way, you're not ex- you're not able to experience life in the way that you want to experience it because of your relationship with food, that is a sign that you need some support or you need to start reevaluating on your own terms how you're doing things. So those are my thoughts. I definitely talked way longer than I thought I would. And I actually do have one more thing to share. And I shared this with my client. Like I said, I recently started working with a client who eats in alignment with the pro-metabolic way of eating. And she started to develop a lot of fears and just like rigid structure rules around her food and eating. And she shared me with me something really interesting in our first and um, our session from last week. Um, she said that she's really into, you know, like health and wellness. She loves learning about this stuff, but we have to look at like where these fears are coming from. Like, where is she learning to fear a certain amount of a certain food, right? Like, where are these rules coming from? And you may not realize it at the time, like while you're on Instagram, these accounts may not feel triggering in the moment. You know, you might not sign on Instagram and be watching these accounts, like seeing their posts and watching their stories. You might not feel triggered in the moment. They might 
you know, maybe share a little blurb about how they nourish themselves and they may just, you know, make a comment about a certain food or how much they eat about of that certain food, that sort of thing. And in that moment, like you may not feel triggered or activated by whatever they say. But like I said, if, you know, the way that you're nourishing your body impacts you on the day to day, right? Like if you're leaving Instagram with that new knowledge and then it comes to mealtime and you feel like you have no idea what to eat because you're so confused, we, those, those accounts aren't serving us. They might feel like they're serving us because we're learning new information, but if they're leaving us feeling like paralyzed and so confused around our eating, that is not serving us. So I strongly recommend that you do either unfollow or at least mute accounts that you just feel like, okay, I'm, they seem like they have, you know, some rules around food and that's really affecting me and just honor that like you can't be around that information at this time. So that's kind of like my final piece of advice for you. I really hope you enjoyed this podcast episode. As I said, this is the work that I'm here to do. I am so passionate about this. And that's another thing that I always get messages on Instagram and emails about is how you just can feel my passion in some of these episodes whenever I do these solo episodes or whenever I talk about something on Instagram and it just like makes me so happy when you can see and feel that I'm so passionate about the work that I do. So like I said, if you are in this journey of fearing food, no matter how you eat, I am here for you. This is the work that I do. I've been through it myself. I completely understand where you are and where you're coming from. And there's truly nothing that would make me happier than to support you through your journey and getting you to this place where you feel really good around food. And a lot of that really does have to do with our past experiences and doing a lot of deep inner healing work around those past experiences. So I actually created an entire course, a 12 week course. It's a not just a course, it's a 12 week private coaching program. I've been working with women around the world in this coaching program. It's called Back Home to You and it's my favorite thing ever. I love this course. I'm so proud of it and I'm so proud of all of my clients who have worked with me inside this course as well. So I'm just sharing that with you and if you feel called to reach out to me or start working with me that would just be so amazing I would love to be part of your journey you can click the link in the show notes for more information on how to work with me or to read more about my coaching program back home to you and like I said I love receiving podcast topic request. This was so much fun. And if you send me more requests about things that I feel like I can speak on, you know, like if you're not requesting a certain guest to come on or whatever, if you just, if you just genuinely want to hear me talk about a topic, 
shoot your requests to me and I would love to talk about them with you. And that way you'll just get more solo podcast episodes. And I I really love recording these for you guys. So thank you so much for tuning in. I love you all so much. And I'll be back next week with a guest. Thank you.